It's always fun when it's in stereo. Hello, craft beer fans. Hello, Cincinnati. Hello, everybody that's dressed like goats this weekend and has pretzels stretched all across their body to uh, um, absorb all of the alcohol that they're going to consume. I guess this is going live after Bachfest weekend, but for us, it's kicking off Bachfest weekend, which is one of the weirdest uh, Cincinnati things that I think a lot of people don't understand are strange love for Bach for like right. a week. <laughs> uh, Shane Brammer, welcome back to the show. It's been a really long time. You are this week's uh, special guest host, I guess. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and I'm channeling Tina. <laughs> yes, oh, who oh, oh. I desperately need to get on the new show, which yes. um, launches St. Patrick's Day. It's official now. It is, uh, it's made its way through the iTunes approval process, and Sweet. it's ready to Excellent. go. Excellent. Very and, good. Um, we're gonna to drink a lot of booze, so I need to get yep. um, Tina on the show sometime. But um, yes. Jeff Graff, welcome back to the show. Thank you, sir. I don't know you, when your last appearance was. It was like uh, it's been a while. Uh, Wrath of the Sar, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I think so. Over a year ago, yeah. That was was that over a year ago? It was. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Time flies. When but you're thanks for having me back. Of course. Um, <laughs> and we are. If you can't figure it out from that intro, we're at Paradise, um, kicking off Bachfest weekend with. Um, Billy Baru, yes, and this year's the, version, the blessing of the Bach, and that was cool. That's um, such a cool thing to do. It's so fun. I don't, I, I don't understand why Cincinnati doesn't do that anymore, but that it's really. I mean, does the, does Moreline not do some kind of event with uh, they've got the the Franciscan well that, guys next door or whatever it is there? Not that I'm aware of. Hmm. I mean, they quit doing that probably five, four or five years ago. I was, it was not some, aware that that was a thing. What, yeah, they used to. They, well, they used to actually uh, start at Arnold's as they always do and go up Main Street, and then they would come back around to Old St. Mary's Church, which was right. Uh, I don't know, it's Fourteenth or Fifteenth no or whatever it is, right there. But and and they would open their doors and they would go in and have a a, a blessing ceremony of the beer and the sausages, which. Um, but I mean, I'm we're talking. Probably the early '90s, right? Uh, maybe mid '90s that they were doing that, and then all of a sudden, I, I really don't know the politics on all of what happened and why they stopped doing that. But I think another father came in and said he just didn't feel comfortable doing all of that. So, as far as I know, uh, we were there last year in the parade with the Cincinnati Molten Fuser guys that who, who took us in and allowed us to walk with them last year. But we actually just went right to Moreline's. Boxfest Hall. I almost so. feel like they might do it as some kind of a separate event now to where, like on a different I would hope they night or lose something. That. That's that's so cool yeah. to do. And if nobody, if you haven't been in the old St. Mary's Church, it's a beautiful church. I mean, of all, I mean, you don't. It doesn't make you feel weird sitting in it or anything like that. It, it is a very <laughs> skin doesn't burn. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, is, it, is it was it a very beautiful ceremony that they always did, and I wish they would continue. I, I don't know how that would happen, but. They ought to get back to that. Yeah, we can't be drinking unholy beer. Well, isn't, isn't that the church where they still do the uh, 
the, the Christmas German. Mass in Germany? Yes, they do. That's very cool. That, they actually do uh, two or three of them, yeah, throughout the day. Uh, some in English, some in German. That's cool. Still, That's to this a, day, yeah. Well, and, you know, Bachfest is kind of this, one of those holidays that we have where we kind of get yeah. to, you know, stand up and kind of celebrate yeah. some of that heritage that Cincinnati does have. Well, it's a celebration of spring, right? That's what it's all about. So it's, that's what I thought. Anyway. I, saw, I saw a thing online today, and it was... Uh, um, Bachfest weekend, you know, the weekend where we get to celebrate German or beer or sausage <laughs> or spring or something. Right, some combination. <laughs> Whatever, yeah. yeah. Nobody really knows what we're celebrating, but um, it involves a whole bunch of beer and a whole bunch of sausage and yeah. pretzels and everything that we love in the city. And because of us uh, being uh, in such proximity of a Catholic church, which they're right next door. Right. Um, so we we wanted to continue that. Even though the Cincinnati one, the bigger one, doesn't do that anymore that I know of, um, I, I thought it was would be a nice touch to, to, to keep carrying on with it. Uh, sure. So we're, we're lining up beer for from the beer fridge, oh, which okay. is coming up. That's cool. Um, yeah. There's, the, again, you know, the, the, the tradition of Bachfest is – wider and bigger than just it is Bachfest I mean, especially itself. here especially you know as as this beer community starts to grow and right Bachfest grows and changes too and like it, it these smaller events at breweries kind of celebrating their own version of what Bachfest is like that's that's half the fun of it to me it I, is yeah i well i i mean i would i would still do it in a smaller way right not necessarily have our own separate part of this but i i mean i enjoy doing it i think everybody as a matter of fact our feedback from last year uh we wanted to have a lot more you know people involved in that when he came so well and it the, was such a german thing to do it at noon right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. i was leaving work i worked a half day and as i was leaving uh, my boss was like oh so what are you doing today you got you know some kind of family thing i'm like oh no <laughs> Can I go drink some beer at noon? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That's the way it should be on Bachfest. Absolutely. Um, let's. I mean, before we're getting a flight coming, we'll talk about a bunch of beer. But cool. Um, first, let's From talk the beer fridge. Let's talk about this Bach. Um, you said this year's version. Yes. Um, tell me the differences. From last year to well, last year. year's version was a Doppelbach, and this one couldn't be much more to the other spectrum of that. It's a Hellesbach, and it is actually a little darker than we wanted it to come out, but that you get that with some of the German malts that we used. So, is Hellesbach and Maybach, is that the same style, or are those two separate Very styles? similar. No, uh, I don't, I I'm, I'm terrible that, with the, the beer style categories. Well, I would think they would be very close, if not identical i'm sure there's somebody out there that'll say well there's such a difference of it but you know so i i almost in my I th- I head think, yeah I'm i kidding. think they're very, very in, close. in my head Somebody's i would think Googling of the hellasbach right as the the lighter end and then you kind of get into that mybach kind of in the middle and right. then the um the doppelbox towards the other um, we, side of it but we went for the hellasbach and really and, a yeah. description <laughs> right well I, I'm sure somebody will correct us and we'll be the laughing stocks forever, but it, it doesn't matter. We we went for a Hellesbach. Uh, also, last year's version was over over eight and a half percent, where this is um, you know more little under seven. So we're not quite that. Most Bachs are relatively sugary and malty rather than hoppy. 
So we went we went for something a little less alcohol, but I. It, we did actually do it as a true buck, so we loggered it for eight weeks. Actually, it turned out to be nine, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah when, a little yeah, extra when lager, never right, killed yeah. the <laughs> Well, we only have four fermenters, which we do. Uh, tying one up for an additional, uh, uh, you know, eight weeks is we had to kind of do some different things on our brewing schedule, but it was good. I think we did, I think it turned out very well. It's very smooth, a lot smoother than I thought it would actually turn out to be. It's it's. I don't know if the word drinkable is a good technical term for right. something in beer, well, but it's yeah. very drinkable. Very yeah. Uh, it, uh, what I love about Bach beer and a lot of Oktoberfest too kind of falls in the same category for me. Is it it goes down really easy, but there's so much going on with it. Right. You know, I, yeah. I I I like big IPAs and I like pilsners and stuff, but there's just so much going on in yeah. A beer when you like don't this. have as much hops to kind of offset that. You really get a lot of different malts going on with it, so it's good. It's, I, I I enjoyed it too. It's it's very. I um, hope everybody else does too. Very bready, very. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of like a caramely kind Caramel, of things yeah. going. On. It's man, it's it's good. Well, good. It, uh, good. it pairs very well with the sausage. So we have to mention the Brew City sausage that we were eating today too, because they did a wonderful um, job, Chef Tony and and Judy. They they just are wonderful people. Um, infused with the beer, of course, because um, that's the way we do things with Bruce City Sausage. <laughs> they, exactly. And they uh, they go through uh, Averill Blay, which is uh, there on, I think it's Court Street, right across from right. The, the Justice Center. Or the, the But it, it, it was excellent. They had made a very good product, and they always do. And I, I know he's trying to get more and more of his sausages out there with many more different beers that are here. So. Yeah. I don't know if that'll work out for him or if he's going to pull back and just try and do more local stuff. Either way, they make a really good product. Well, and they are opening up the Grist Bistro at Grainworks. They are, yes. Um, so I know that that is taking up a lot of his time and attention right now. Poor Tony um, is losing weight. I like can't believe to get that he place is. open. I noticed he that. Is. He absolutely is. Poor yeah. guy. <laughs> Working him to should not death. have to lose that much weight. Yeah. Um, so I know that this is coming after Bachfest, but they were down there. So if you saw the. Uh, what is it? The, the Bratmobile is that yes. what he calls him? Yep. I'm um, down there at Bachfest. That's that's who we're talking about. Right. Um, if you didn't make it down, uh, keep your eye open for, like I said, Chris Bistro opening up. Absolutely, and they're uh, they're just salt of the earth people. Very uh, very good people to and deal with. And he's been on the show plenty of times. So yeah. I assume yeah. that anybody who does listen to the show knows who we're talking about. What well, do we <laughs> normally either has uh, he has some type of little chapeau on. Uh, <laughs> A little hat going on, whether it be bright red or or black or green or whatever it happens to be, whatever uh, holiday he's working. So, it really nice people. They really we we met them originally, uh, sitting at a a picnic table at Donna Schwab and uh, their Oktoberfest. We just happened to be having a break, taking the IDs for CMI, and then that we just happened to be sitting there and they walked up on us. We struck up a conversation and been friends ever since. Yeah. Good. Really good. good. People. Yeah. Very good. Absolutely. Very good guys. Uh, let's, let's drink some more beer here. What do we have? Well, number 10 of course is the Billy Baru. That's the, uh, Bach, which you've already had. Number eight is the bad habit, which we also, Ooh. uh, is that the white IPA. It is white IPA. Um, Best batch so far. Let's dig into that. <laughs> Uh, we actually designed uh, four different beers. Uh, event. It's been over a year and a half now. 
uh, will be two years this year for the IHM Festival, which is next door. They wanted a particular beer that we could sell over there and just be with them. And uh, they we went with a Saison and then also a uh, white IPA. And we used two different yeast strains. So we gave them their choice, and this is the one they picked. Although normally uh, white IPAs are using a Belgian uh, wit beer yeast, or right. uh, we use a regular American. We it, it was their choice, and we just stuck with it. I mean, they they liked it better than the other versions that we had at the time. So, so this is a the a, 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 a wheated IPA. American, is that a better yeah, way to you know, it's kind American of, wheat IPA. I mean, it's very, very, uh, you can't see through it, very cloudy. Um, there are other versions that we've done uh, of this that are a little clearer of it, but we went back to making it as cloudy as we could. And then we use a lot of Citra, Centennial, uh, all the C's. I feel like this know. would please all of those New England IPA nuts that are out there. Yeah, I think it's close, yeah. It doesn't have it that, it doesn't have a huge bitter bite to it. It's real fruity right. and real uh, fresh and kind of clean tasting yeah. to me at um it turned out very well, but it doesn't have that tartness that you would get with an actual white IPA. It doesn't. We're very clean on the finish, and it doesn't uh, doesn't give you that Belgian-y kind well, of. Some thing. of them have that big coriander thing yeah. going on too, and right. which I'm not a huge fan of in my IPAs. But, but if, if you order a white IPA, it it probably should have that. Uh, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's. But I mean, don't be surprised if it does, right? Because that's very much the style. To me, it's the to the style of what what they're doing with it, because they're I, using a Belgian Belgian I th- yeast. I think I'm a little strange in that I don't necessarily care too much how on style my beer is when I order it. I need to kind of know what I'm getting into, but right. beyond that, like that's part of the fun to me too is seeing what somebody did with something you know like it it doesn't have to follow strictly along some kind of guideline for me to be happy i agree with that to to a point but i'm with uh with with big mike in that uh in that the ability to beer to to brew a beer to style right is is definitely a feather in your hat oh yeah um but it that you know but kind of the the the, that, the, yeah. the the blank yeah, slate almost method of a challenge it's i like, can okay, but here, i don't want is, to <laughs> here's what we can do we can drew we can brew a beer to style you know whatever you know within a certain range just scooting closer okay, to your microphone I was no we, to use we can we can brew a beer to style uh but at the same time, here's our here's our version of this, you know, this particular right. varietal. Right. But about you know, if you come up here and you order this beer and you're expecting to have the peppery kind of taste right. to it, it really doesn't. But it, there's a reason for it, and that's what I went over. But I mean, don't be surprised if you order a, you know, a, a white IPA and it does have that peppery kind of uh, Belgiany. I, sweetness to it or, or a tartness to the end. I think it, so. it's all very different too when you are, yeah. you're talking about sitting at a bar in a tap room and you're getting right. a beer from somebody and talking about it with them and talking about why it's like this or why it's not like this right. versus you know going to Kroger and grabbing a six pack off the shelf and getting home and cracking it up and like oh this, this isn't a white IPA this isn't what I expected it to be. There's a big difference there between those two kind of drinking experiences so maybe that's yeah. the style thing too if it's in packaging and it's sitting on a shelf well, I don't know. I, yeah. Well, and I mean, to that, I, the, the what right, White Raja has been kind of my benchmark white IPA for a while. But you know, it, this is not to you know not to put that beer on the spot. But I think this is the 
this is a lot this particular batch of of uh, the, the bad habit is the best batch that they've done and, and i would actually put this on a drinkability scale i'd put this above white raja white raja too you know if you're if you're looking to for a beer brewed to the style white raja has it but this is uh this is almost like a hybrid i think i posted this on my untapped review uh but this is uh this is a kind of almost like a hybrid white ipa new england ipa yeah that's a, you know to me it's it's very new england like it's yeah. it's i think you could you could probably call it that on the board too and people wouldn't argue with it right but, yeah um, I think that's important for people to know when they come in here, if that's what you're looking for. This is My, this is yeah. this is right along that same kind of um, that we same did, line. We didn't actually use oats or anything else like that in it. That's the main thing. Just wheat, wheat and two row, and some. Uh, I don't even. Uh, I think that's about it. Just is wheat there and maybe two rows. A little so. bit more citra in this on the oh the hop side of it. Yeah. Well, uh, no, we followed it the same way. It 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 may have stayed in there a little bit longer because we were. Because having one of our fermenters taken with the Bach, it may have stayed in there an extra week or so. Right. It, so. it feels a little bit more citrus forward, which might be part of the reason I enjoy it. Because I'm a, I'm a. It could I'm also an, be that you've yeah, been yeah. drinking Bach beer all afternoon, so now no, the this, citrus pops. When this, when this, when <laughs> well, this that's first true. tapped uh, about two weeks ago, I was in here with my brother and a few other guys, and and I had had the uh, night at the opera. And then I had this, and this absolutely knocked my socks off. And I think I had maybe two more after that. And it's kept kept liking record. it as he went. <laughs> yes, I, I I like this a lot. It's well, good. It, it's hard on a weekend like this to drink a white IPA when there's it is yeah Bach beer all around. But right, um, this is fantastic. It's cool. really super drinkable. It makes me really really want the weather to start warming. Well, no up. kid. <laughs> Come on, give us give us a fifty degree day. Come on. <laughs> They're coming, I think. Yeah. But, um, what's next here? What's number five? I'm sorry, or number one. Well, uh, number one, I know what that is. I've yeah. never seen that one, but uh, number five is the uh, Night at the Opera, as as Shane alluded to before. And no, it is not Scott's uh, from Blank Slate, Scott LaFollette's recipe. We actually made our own sweet stout recipe, but we did add coffee that was flavored. So it is the opera cream style of coffee, not Bon Bonnery. Uh, I mentioned them by the name, trademark, whatever. <laughs> uh, but we, it was the same style of flavoring uh, of coffee. and uh, But we did use lactose very lightly. We only used, we make about, well, five barrels at a time, but we get about 180 gallons over to the fermenter. So we uh, we only used about eight pounds of lactose in that. So, but it does have milk sugar in it, so it should be a little sweet on the finish. But the coffee should pop. It is very reminiscent of yes opera cream. But is, it is not. It is not his by, recipe. Inspired by the it is inspired by uh, Scott's recipe. I mean, everybody was saying somebody ought to make that beer. Somebody ought to try try to do it. And and that's what we listen to. We try and listen to these guys, and and if it didn't hit the mark, we would have, we would have tried something else. But I think it's pretty darn close. To me, what it does is it it, it doesn't replace what that beer was, right? Um, no, no, for a lot of different reasons. But right. it does make you, when you're sitting at the bar, immediately remember, yeah. you know, that tap room yeah. and the experience and the beer and and that kind of and stuff. The chairs right. that they've <laughs> 
inherited from that book. Right. Well, you, yeah, we're sitting at the table. Yeah. Yeah. And, there, that, and uh, yeah, and the table. So, <laughs> but it is not, uh, truthfully, it is not his recipe. I promise you that. It is not, I, it's not an homage it's, to him. I've actually talked to Scott very much because we do have a beer that's very, 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 four berries. Um, <laughs> close to what he was making uh his fork in the road right when we call ours what the fork and it is <laughs> i i have it on great authority uh that we were very very close to his recipe so but he, i actually went over and talked to him before we made any of these and i said do you mind if we do it and he said no as long as you don't make it as a homage a a tribute to what he's doing what he had, had done because i'm i'm sure it's a sore spot with him that he had to close down i mean he didn't want to do it and and I just don't. It, it is not that. It is. It, it's not a necessarily a clone or something. But it, maybe it'll make you, like you said, think of him in right. a positive, in a well, positive way. Starts that conversation too again right. when you're sitting at the bar and you get a beer and everybody starts talking about it and there's right. you know that one person. Like, What's blank slate? You know, it starts that conversation. Right. Keeps that uh, that memory of and there are that there place are was. people that don't know anything about blank slate, which is crazy. I know, but they yeah. don't they don't have any idea where. Yeah. <laughs> where it uh, came from, where what the, what it was all about, and, yeah. and we like Scott a lot, and I I don't want to offend him at all, but um, you know there's two beers that we actually tried to replicate. Um, this one is is fantastic again, as everything is. Um, <laughs> Well, that good. glad you like it. the the creaminess isn't over the top like it's not there yeah. there's there's some kind of milk stouts or cream stouts that just it's so much lactose in there that it just kind of right absolutely almost sticks to your mouth when you're yep. drinking it and this is not that beer it still has kind of a a roasty bitter kind of thing too um whether that's from the coffee or the malt i don't know but probably from the coffee yeah, yeah when, i think it's more from the coffee when it was first tapped the night it was yeah. first tapped it was very i mean it's I would still call it a coffee-forward beer, but it, it was very coffee-forward that night. And some it, that's kind of a dividing line. You know, right. I, I like coffee. I drink coffee a lot. That It really appealed to me. Some people said, well, it's not really my thing. And I told them, wait a couple weeks because the coffee will mellow. Right. And it will be, it for did. you, it will be a little bit of a different beer. Right, and, it did. And it has mellowed a little bit, and it will continue to mellow. Yeah. Well, last. <laughs> It's it's awesome. I love it. It uh, again definitely cool. brings me back to a lot of those very happy memories of yeah. of Plank's life. But it's not exactly, and we didn't want it to be. So I mean, it wasn't like we stole his recipe or anything like that. But I, I'm glad it it brings favorable memories back to people's minds. And, uh, and, and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention another thing that they've inherited from Blank Slate, which is a brewer. A brewer, um, yes. We, uh, got, we got one of the Gary, assistant brewers. which some people yeah. know as Andy Clausen, but to me, he's always going to be Gary Clausen. That's but a Andy different Clawson, story there. Wish you were here. <laughs> um, you know, Maybe he'll get here early enough to uh, join the end of the podcast. Maybe he's not, very but, tough uh, to get on the show. Usually, he just kind of stands back grumps. and yells he, from the other grunts. end. Yeah, <laughs> he <laughs> stands in the corner and grunts. Yeah, don't poke the yeah, bear. Yeah. <laughs> Um. <laughs> but, but yeah, we we did uh, hire as soon as we we didn't hire away from Blank Slate. As soon as they closed down, uh, we reached out to get. Uh, I almost said Gary, <laughs> didn't I? Uh, we reached out to Andy, and and he was uh, uh, kind of in a state of what am I going to do now and kind right. of thing. And I and I I kind of just invited him to just come by and see what we do and. 
come over and get your mind off of things. You know, come come over and be with us. It's it's a great fit for him to be here. You know, he's he's kind of bounced around to a couple different yeah. places and worked in some very different environments. And Correct. Yeah, this is very much his personality. And I'm here. I'm glad he uh, I'm glad he likes it here. As far as I know, he does he does like it, and I'm I'm sure. I'm sure there's working at any place you don't like everything about it, but I'm sure that it you know he's having fun at what he does, and I just hope he uh, right right now as you can tell we're all sick with colds, <laughs> so he is also suffering with a cold and and everybody's miserable at that time, but um, you know no oh, no 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 violins playing this the Mario's <laughs> got the smallest violin in that no so. Um, <laughs> But uh, he'll he'll get to feeling better, and we'll be back at it very, very soon. We got we got big things coming up. We have uh, our Hefeweizen, which will be back out. We also have we just made the uh, cycle that we're we bring out for the Reds games. Uh, will that be ready well, of for course that's. Day or? Oh yeah, it'll be ready for opening day. We actually had to move it ahead in the brewing schedule because opening day is like the twenty fifth of March. Right? How in the world does that happen? But uh, I mean, these guys just keep. They they keep getting earlier and earlier, and then they can you know. Now it's not the boys of October; it's now into November that they get done possibly with their baseball. So but baseball's awesome in Cincinnati. Baseball's awesome. Yeah, it is good. I'm not a I'm not a baseball fan. That's not my number one sport, but I do appreciate that they were the first team. They actually should have the first game, but they don't. Sure. But, um, and, and that they refused to play on Sundays for a while because well, yeah. they couldn't serve beer. That's right. <laughs> yes. There's no, a lot I, to respect about their Reds. It's an awesome thing about the local beer scene that, that there's so many breweries, so many local breweries that have a baseball-themed beer. Yeah. Um, yeah that's cool. And, the and majority of them. Yeah, we're a little – I mean, that'll be in, what, a, a few weeks here. Right. Uh, but but it's, uh, it's either either the, the ingredients of the beer, like the cycle – Yep. Uh, and Jeff can explain what the, what that is, uh, or just the theming of the beer, or just the, you know, with with Braxton, the, you know, they they have their night was it nineteen fifty seven, yeah. Uh, that's that's mm-hmm. that that tastes like flipping cracker, cracker jacks. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean that that's that that's what's awesome about this local beer scene. It's such cool. a such a uh, baseball and beer city. Or to have those two combined. Some of the can branding too. I you know yes, I yes, this, just the, Ryan, Ryan guys the, 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 the stitches on on the the hustle can that they yeah. finally brought back the the baseball kind of theme and, on and it. I think is I saw cool. amazing. Um, I think I saw who rounding who third um, with the big mustache on it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all Wiedemann, that. I mean, Wiedemann has that's so Wiedemann cool. did the stitches too. Yeah, yeah Wiedemann did yeah, uh, sixteen ounce cans of a. a was it? A, is it a Pilsner? I think. Yeah. Um, it makes me wish I was at a game at a Reds yeah, game yeah. in June drinking a beer. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not a huge baseball fan. Like, I'm not the guy that's going to be sitting at home every night during the summer watching baseball right. on TV. But you put me in the stadium, put me in a seat, in the sun, yeah, yeah. and I'm going to have a yeah. really good time. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, I mean, that's, and, and for them to pick up on that and to actually advertise that is is a very cool thing. It's 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 what we should be doing. Right, and, and you know, we the beer selection at the stadium has gone down a little bit, but there is still a really great local selection of beers. Good. Uh, I mean, good, you're going to pay like $19 for a beer or yeah, something stupid. Crazy? But that's crazy. You know, just to be able to get local beer in that stadium, I think is, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's fun. A very it's, good it, thing. It, it yeah. makes perfect sense for what the city is. Yes, absolutely. Yep. 
So the, uh, going back to what Shane said, the cycle that we have coming up, we used, and and you have to think about this in baseball terms of batting the cycle. So you have a single, double, triple home run uh, in one one game. Right. So we actually going backwards. We use four different malts and we use three different hops, two two different yeast to make one beer. So we actually. We brewed for the cycle, if you want to put it that way, but that's what the cycle's all about. And it's a very, it's not necessarily an IPA. Now we don't dry hop it, so it's it's more of a American American American, American. Uh, pale ale. So, but it's a it was a hit last year. We'll also bring out our uh, besides the Hefeweizen, we'll bring out the uh, we make an orange uh, forward beer that we call Pith Off. P i t h pith pith off, so yeah, we had it last year, and that which was a very very good thing. But that's more towards the summertime. So, see, now I'm just desperate for warm weather. I woke up this morning. um, I woke up this morning with snow in my yard. Like I think we had probably about an inch of snow. Snow. And and then I I got to work and there was no snow, and I got all confused and couldn't figure out what was happening. Like it's just everything was. Well, it's Cincinnati. Time of year is just so weird. Within February alone, we've had. I think all four seasons. Absolutely. I mean, there were definitely 60 degree days. There was horrible snowstorms. Yeah. 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 Well, hopefully we don't get hit on. They're supposed to be coming up, I think, Monday night or something like that. So hopefully that goes by. They they burnt the snowman, so it should hold off for this weekend. You know, that's the. uh, precipitation retaliation. Do they still do that at Grammars, or where do they do that? I don't know where they. It's not a. It's not a Grammars. Grammars isn't used. Um, it's that's closed, right? I mean, the, the whole thing. I don't know the whole. I think it's open sometimes or something. Is it? I don't, I, I don't, I don't think it's idea. been open for a while though. I don't. It? I don't know. I. I thought at one time place. they did it's, the burning of the snowman in. I think, I think that's where it started in the parking but, lot or yeah. something like yeah. Um, but so I mean, there's a whole story there too. We probably talked about it. There'll be links in the show notes for this of some cool. of the other Bachfest episodes that we've done. But and I'm sure we talked about it on there somewhere. But right. Um, it's been I don't know probably close to ten years at this point, but there was a terrible snowstorm the yep. weekend of Bachfest, and there was a level three snow emergency, and yep. everything shut down. And they actually canceled the parade. <laughs> they canceled everything. Yeah, 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 and everybody still went and walked in the snow they and did. drank beer. And um, so after that, um, every year, about a week before Bachfest, they burn a snowman effigy to ward off the uh the bad weather yep. and i think it's got like a really good record of holding off the does, no, i mean that, that what the 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 incident you mentioned it it, it proves you can't keep people yeah. away from their beer they're going to get their beer and they're going to pursue their beer no matter what elements get in their way well and it's it's almost like a uh, a big middle finger to winter you know Bachfest <laughs> exactly. is like a like we're yep. done with you yeah, we're we are done we're, it's spring up. we're gonna we're gonna wear shorts no matter what the weather is outside and we're gonna stand here and we're gonna drink beer and you're gonna go away yes. <laughs> well some of us do that all throughout the year so yes <laughs> I'm, I'm that guy <laughs> there I'm that guy that wears them all the time I don't the only time I don't wear uh, uh, long or shorts is when I uh, uh, have a funeral or a wedding, just to be respectful. So, <laughs> but I would actually wear them there too. I I totally expect at my funeral that everybody wears shorts. We'll do I, that. I, I will put that in your please will. Please do. I will. I will put that in my uh, final thoughts that I that I want everybody to do. 
You should get some of those uh, the, the the pants with the zippers, so you can just unzip the bottoms no. of them when they come off. And then if you no, get chilly, no, you can no, zip no, pants no, into no, them. No. Both of my they brothers did. have those. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. You're you got to be committed. You got to you got to either go for it or not. No, no zipping long pants. No shutters on the bottom side of them. No way. <laughs> no, you either got to go for shorts or not. And I, I say go for shorts. I think Mario's in favor of those. Zip-offs? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know if anybody can hear Mario. I should probably turn up that microphone. That's kind of. Um, let's let's keep going with the the beer. We have one okay, more I'm here. Sorry. This is no, 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 you're fine. Well, beside the Bach, we have two more. You haven't actually. Did we cover the Bach at the beginning? He's been sipping. Oh, yeah. We talked about the Bach. Okay. Yeah. All right. So number one is the uh, is the. Uh, our latest bottle release that we had, uh, it's a Imperial Scotch Ale that we put in two freshly dumped uh, Buffalo Trace barrels, and it sat there for a good six months, maybe a little bit more. And then we uh, brought it out, combined it back in the fermenter, and then we, you know, both we had two barrels, so we added them back, combined them back, and then we bottled it for our latest uh, uh, bottle release, which actually people think wow. they, it has a skirt. And it's not a skirt; it is a kilt uh, and a uh, with a tam o' shanter, a little tam on top, little uh, hat. Tam o' shanter. Tam o' shanter. I think is what that, I, that, that's just. I think it's what they what they call the. Well, I know, but it's hyphenated. It's got a little. I, no, I'm. I'm but I'm, but anyway, I'm it's a little hat. Okay, it's a little <laughs> golf, like a cool, like a Scottish you. golfing hat. But um, yeah, I think it turned out very well. Uh, I'm. We're extremely proud of it. Uh, although unfortunately all the bottles are gone except for what we have for our personal use and personal use well i will say some of our <laughs> personal use personal use <laughs> some of our personal use is this weekend if you come in which this is going to air after monday so sorry about your luck guys but um we are actually giving away uh four bottles of this throughout today which is friday and also on Saturday, so we're giving away free, and I should say it's a raffle, um, that uh, we are giving away our bottles to our, to the general public if they want to come out and see us. But you have to be here. You have to fill out a ticket and put it in our in the hopper that we have, and, and good luck to you. I think you should be able to win that, as well as we're giving away four bottles of the Z- wrath of the czar which is over a year old right. and also our the one before last the uh, lord lucky the imperial brown that we put on wine barrels so but that's what uh, long story short this is a imperial scotch ale that we put on buffalo trace barrels for six months so it, Sorry. it no i rambled <laughs> it, no 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 we're not drawing them yet <laughs> the uh this Just grab what you want. This straddles like that really great spot for me. Of on one hand, it's really boozy and big. It is, vanilla, but it's but it goes vanilla. down so it easy has such a and finish, yeah, it gets it, wow. it's it is a good cold weather drinker to oh, me versus yeah, the, yeah. the other warm weather ones that we've got here. And I'm pretty sure that you'll be okay to cellar it for a while because I'm pretty sure. Well, it came out at uh, I had uh, Amy Gregory from the uh, Sam Adams brewery uh analyze it before we actually put it in the bottles and it came out officially at 9.6 but it's really good which i'm really sure good. we talked about on the last show when we were here with uh with wrath of the Tsar too yeah. about how great sam adams has been not oh, yeah. just they, you guys, uh, but oh, just in general. They, those guys are awesome with i can't i can't say enough good things about them 
I really? just, just after this last week and I was down in Asheville and talking to a lot of breweries down there and kind of exploring the differences between our beer scene and their beer scene and what they're doing right and what we're not doing right on a couple points. But one of the things that really struck me about them is how close everybody is like that. Right. And I was at a high wire. And if, if you want to hear some of that stuff, we'll have some interviews with high wire on mm-hmm. drinking with the gnome there you go. Uh, launching on St. Patrick's day. Excellent. Um, but I was talking to them and, and when they opened up their production facility, part of it was a big lab upstairs Right. and they hired a guy that had never really, you know, ran a lab before, never started a lab definitely. And right. there was some stuff that he just didn't understand. And they were kind of talking to people around town and Sierra Nevada said, well, just send him over. Right. And then we'll train him. Like just send him over. He can Isn't work in our, cool? he can That's work so in our cool. lab for a month and we'll train him and make sure he knows what he's doing and then we'll send him back. Yeah. And like That's... that, that kind of stuff just gets kind of overlooked of, of, well, I mean, how close this community is. Absolutely. And I mean, if if it wasn't for people like that, we, would, we wouldn't have any idea. Right. I mean, you need cooperation like that. And they're, they're so such a great operation to do that. And I, truthfully, I, I, um, I didn't have anywhere to actually send it. I really didn't know what to do with it. And they actually, I, I reached out to Brian Sprantz, who's of New, New right. Riff, which used to be the assistant brewer to the Barrel House down on 13th. And uh, he he said, go over and talk to her and, and see what she can do for you. And it, it's been a great relationship ever since. She's done very well and, and just, again, very nice people to be with. They are all about beer. If you don't try and go in with anything else, <laughs> but they are all about beer and so they should be. Yep. I mean, it's cool. Well, and, you know, everybody always hears that saying of the rising tide raises all ships. And, right. like, it really is true. And you see places like that that understand that and embrace that. And right. The better this community is, the better it is for everybody. Yep. And I've actually met Jim Cook a couple times, the owner of Sam Adams. Yeah, I've hung he, out with him once. And he's he, he is... Good friend of mine. And, <laughs> well, there you go. Um, well, okay, he's a good friend of mine, too, because I've hung out with him a couple times. But really, really, no better guy to talk beer with. I mean, he really oh, yeah. enjoys it. He's in, he's enthusiastic about it. Anything about beer, he's on it. So I like that. I like that part I do of too. it. Because that's where I'm coming from. I like everything to do with beer. Now, some people want to mix that with spirits and all that. And that's okay. It, I'm not worried about that. I'm, I'm more worried about the brewing end of it. Right. I would like to know what what to do and what flavors mix with other ones and how he did that. So it was... Uh, we were talking about earlier the last podcast you had with uh, Chris Sigmund, who is now on the uh, Sam Adams tap room side of right. it, which, and he was talking about that they decoct all of their uh, brews that they do because they, they perceive a particular difference from it, but that's such a much harder way to brew, but I'll Germany. give it to him. Right. Well, exactly. And I, I give it to him for that, but, the way I don't know. He's got a pretty fancy brew house. It Ada, may not be Ada. harder for him. It yeah. just may be a little more time consuming. Ow, <laughs> ow my finger. Ow, my uh. finger. Yeah, yeah Sean, that's our Sean Willingham. Ow, my finger. Sean Willingham from Municipal. That's another guy that, that will help you out with anything that you need. Absolutely. And it, that community is fantastic. I just, I mean, you just can't. You, you, have, to, you have to come in not knowing, I mean, not wanting to think that your beer is any better than anybody else's. I think that's the biggest thing. And as like long you, as you do that, you go at the door. Yeah, the humility and that you have 
that it sure pays off because people want to talk to you, interact with you. It's also way. important to realize how young our beer scene still is in oh, Cincinnati. Yeah. Like our Absolutely. our biggest breweries, you know, we, there's just a handful that have been around for ten years ish. Right. Everybody else is like five years, you yeah. know, like right. and, or, or younger. Three or four yes. oldest breweries. I mean, it, it, you, some of them are what. Yeah, you know, if you look at if you look at our ten oldest ones, I think you know the majority of them are at that, that or under that, ten. Or, yeah, 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 easily, yeah. easily. Yeah. So you know, we're still kind of figuring all of this out and growing yeah. into what it means to have a um, a beer city and a beer community. Yeah, so. it's, well, then and the main thing is you deal nicely with all the other. You you can't have an air about you that you're so much better and you're you know you're not you're just not right and then for those breweries who do that unfortunately they'll it'll eventually come back to haunt them because i mean it, it will it, it won't you know like you know Probably, there's well, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of very there. terrible yeah. people in this industry that right. still exist just fine right but you know, it, it, it'll be different for you than it is for other people. I guess right. is the way I would put it. You know, the 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 places that have that ego and that that thing about them will never have a tap room like this with a right. community around it like this. You guys have your own little family that kind of we do. I, um, it's a lot of it, we still get people in here almost every week saying, "I never knew you were here." But uh, but Anderson Township people too. Well, people, yeah, people no kidding. Drive uh, by, you know. Yeah, I drove by almost, it fifteen yeah. times and never stopped in. <laughs> and I'm, you know, and when once they do, I mean, they find out that we just have a little. I mean, it's a small place. I'm not saying that you know I want to be Ryan Geist. I don't want to be Mad Tree. Those guys can do it very well, and and more power to them. But I I want to be, not necessarily the Cheers part of it, but I I want to be your neighbor neighborhood brewery. If you want something, I listen to you, and we. I want you to be my on. neighborhood brewery well, too. Well, there you go. <laughs> but that, that's what. It and is. we're and trying to be. And, and I love that be. trend about Cincinnati because you have you, there. There are still niches to be filled. I know people talk about market saturation and everything, and that's a recurring theme, obviously. But the 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 fact that you you have you still have some communities that are underserved by you know by breweries, I think every community deserves its own brewery and, and you see this here i mean people here say this is our local brewery right um i remember when i uh, uh but what a month and a half ago with my friend jeff i was at weedemann and i we people some locals walked in and said this is our local brewery right. and we know we know weedemann started in northern kentucky but right. this is you know here in st bernard this is our spot this is our local brewery we're really proud of this and we embrace it yeah so, that's yeah. cool it's excellent. I, I love that part of it. It's really good. I, I mean, it's really, really nice to do that. It is very different that. than any other industry that I've ever yeah. seen. You know, I, yeah, yeah. I you sure. know, Let's especially, w- especially with this new show that I'm doing that kind of does dive into the spirits world and things like that. Like it's, right. it's still very fun. And I love, I love the, the, the flavor aspect of anything drinking right. wise, but the community is very different from the the spirits industry to the beer industry. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's, yeah, it, it, there's pluses and minuses on both sides, but it's, it's, it, uh, there's a lot of family I'm eager kind to find of out things how here. this, uh, drinking with the gnome series actually turns out. Uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always, it's going to be evolving. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As yeah, time yeah. goes on. I, I, I can't wait to actually hear the first, first one. Will you, uh-huh. 
You do a lot of editing at home. Yeah, it's it's oh, more more oh, of oh, a uh, yeah, okay. more of a kind of a pieced together show. Um, lots of interviews, kind of in the can <laughs> that you can feed into different shows, different topics. Might fill in the next day. Um, what you're yeah. So the idea yeah. is to be able to do more work from home instead of having to be out drinking every night. I, I understand that. <laughs> not I that I'm not that. out drinking every night, anyways. But whatever. <laughs> um, Let's talk about the tap room here. We kind of talked sure. about this community around it. It's grown and changed, and it seems to always be growing and changing. Well, I um, hope it never stops. Really, that's my, that's my my goal of it. I mean, I, I want every time you come in here, something's different to your eyes. I don't want you to ever think that we're sitting around not right. doing anything. So, I, I uh, we're building, we're trying to build out two uh, two new bathrooms, which that's been a yeah. That that's been uh, 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 an ongoing pr- uh, project for a little while, but we had we had some work issues that we had. to Are you get afraid by. of the nostalgia of the old bathroom being lost? Uh, <laughs> yes, uh-huh. because okay, yes. I can tell you that when I go to Listerman now and there's no keg toilet, it yeah. still hurts my feelings a little bit. <laughs> I do know the person who who got that, but I'm not bringing it back. <laughs> I'm sure it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's available to, to be purchased, but um, I'm not bringing that back. As a matter of fact, <laughs> so uh, hopefully very soon we'll have those underway. And yeah, it's, I mean, it, we're coming out of our slow time, which all breweries have this in, right. in, in any year. Most of the time, right after Christmas and, and before, well, March, uh, that period in there of about two months is our slow time. Nobody wants to go out. And, you know, travel in the snow and the muck and the mire that we get around here in Cincinnati. Or, you know, it might be you might have a great great Saturday, but uh, the following week will be terrible. And you get that. But we're we're slowly coming out of this um, this funk we call wintertime around here in Cincinnati. And hopefully uh, uh, people come out and they respond to that. And they'll come out when, you know, and we're, we'll have more things to do. We're hoping to light up the back side um of our of our tap room here with our out, outdoor area we'll put some lighting out there and we have a, a fire pit that's out there now right. and do more things more outside too what about on the beer side you know packaging has taken um a, a, a new kind of personality here with you guys Correct. and we've seen you know a few different things in the last year we're going to see more stuff in this next year is it all going to be barrel aged stuff or are we going to no. eventually see well uh, the plan is to try and get it as as inexpensively to everybody as we can, and only having a five barrel system is a detriment to what you know trying to bring in somebody with a canning line right. or whatever. But we have we have different plans that uh, we're going to try and employ this next uh, year that hopefully get us at least some can sales out of our tap room. Mm-hmm. Something more portable, uh, rather than just howlers and growlers. So, because I can everybody s- that's in this business will try and can or bottle right, or right. try and do something with it. But speaking for somebody that lives on the other side of the universe in Cincinnati, yes, um, getting an easy way to have something in my fridge, yep, that isn't a growler because right. everybody knows once you open the growler, you got to drink it. You got to drink all four, um, yeah, all um, four beers. So, g- creating some way for you know people like me that, yes. 
this is kind of our neighborhood brewery, but it's not. It's this right. is nowhere near my neighborhood. Right, <laughs> so right, right. you know, it makes it hard for us to enjoy the things that we want to. Sure, especially sure. with lovely little two year olds at home. You know, I, guess. <laughs> I know how that goes. It's been a while. My son's now twenty eight. So, but it's it's been a while. But uh, yeah, I uh, there's always plans there, whether or not they materialize quickly or not. Uh, we'll we'll see how things go. Right. If it's anything else like what we're trying to do with the bathrooms, it'll be here in about 10 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it, I would love to be able to can. The problem is the, the actual brewing equi- or canning equipment is so darned expensive. Just really, really cost prohibitive to right. a small place like us. Now, we can bring other people in, but the, the problem with some of that is, too, that you have to buy all your supplies from them. Right. So that it all fits their machinery, which I understand. But they want you to buy in such quantity that it it's almost not doable for small breweries. Right. So I don't I don't know if those guys are listening out there, hopefully they are, that they could kind of break that down for us smaller breweries to, to at least bring out some other type of canning possibilities. Because, I mean, uh, I heard you have to buy so many cans... And have them on hand, which I have no way to store all that stuff. It's it's always surprised me that the mobile canning companies like that don't also have some kind of warehouse that they just store all that for breweries. Like that seems like a very good business opportunity to me. To I mean, you know, as far as I'm, I understand is they just have blank cans, and whether you put a decal on them or whether you actually put a sleeve over it that Mm -hmm. actually goes around it. I mean, I. If you're in that business of canning, right. you would have to have, I mean, it w- I don't think it would be any big deal to just, you charge a little bit more for them, but you only let them buy whatever, a thousand cans right. or two thousand cans. Yep. Get some whatever to fits. Slap on yeah, exactly. So, yep. Get some if you're listening out there, that's, that's a good opportunity to make some money. Maybe not all you want, but... Uh, just somehow the, to expand what they're doing. Or just, you know, finding ways for... <laughs> Small brewery, like even like a like a mobile crawler operator. Like, why is that? Sure. Why doesn't? Why don't things like that exist around here? Somebody, well, why, you know, why is a crawler machine? Why is that twenty five hundred dollars? Right. Jesus, Pete. I mean, it's only a couple, you know, seamers, and that's about all you got. Yeah. yeah but but try and buy one of those that <laughs> isn't, you know, isn't very expensive. And then and then people want to know if you have crawlers or if you have this, which is cool. But it's a it's an outlay right up front. I mean, right. It's probably a good five or ten thousand dollars just to do something like that, just with well, cans and, and everything. That's why typically, you know, you see these smaller guys, you know, be it you guys or Darkness or Fibonacci, whoever it may be. Right. Um, if you're getting packaging, it's coming out in bombers and mm-hmm. on a very kind of sporadic basis, just because it's all hand bottled. At that, at that point, you'd have With nothing the help really of automatic. Well, absolutely. <laughs> I, I didn't say that. Yeah. What? I we mean. need all of our volunteers. They all help us out quite a bit. And then without a, it is a community effort. Yep. And, that, and I appreciate that. Yeah. And that's part of the theme of the democratization of beer. I mean, it, you have just people kind of helping out and. In in a, in a way, people get their say in in what gets what's get what gets uh, brewed and what gets you know packaged. Let's go down that rabbit hole a little bit Ooh. because the idea of um, volunteers 
helping out with something like you know bottling or whatever sure. maybe sure um where is the line on that too as far as a brewery goes when you're an operation like paradise or right. you know, whoever it may be it's 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 one thing but at what size as a brewery do you guys think that maybe you should be paying for the people that are there helping you can well i can i Go ahead. You can do it. When you have sure. people knocking on your door asking to help, you know it's kind of a no-brainer. And and I'm one of those people. I I, I support this as my local brewery. Right. I live literally, according to Google Maps, uh, 1.0 miles away. <laughs> um, so I really love having a good brewery here making good beer, and I want to do what I you know what I can to help out. And you know if I happen to get a, a couple dips from the uh, you know, from the dump bucket the bu- there, dump bucket. <laughs> yeah. then, you know, that's fine. That's, that's all the payment I need. But no, I, 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 I think, you know, just basically people voluntarily, you know, asking to come in and help package the beer, which is what we've done with the, uh, you know, with, with the bottle releases that they've done. I, I think it's, it's a win-win for, you know, everybody involved. Because I, I can, and not to call anybody out specifically, because I'm sure I'll get an email after this. Oh, of course. But, um, you know, I've, I've seen the, the, the Facebook posts from other breweries that can on a very regular basis, mm-hmm. that every single month it goes up on Facebook, hey, we're canning tomorrow, we need volunteers. Right. And it's like, if that's a repeated thing every single month, uh, yeah. Why, yeah. Why, 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 if it doesn't necessarily make sense monetarily for you to put it in cans, if you can't pay people to do it, right. why are you doing it every month? This is, is my kind of, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you, any brewery will try and get as much free help as they can get. So I, I don't, I don't necessarily hold right. that against them, but uh, I'm sure there's some type of training that probably should go on that maybe they're skipping over just because they're getting them for a day or something like that. But I can tell you that uh, bottling part of it that we do, and this past time we did about 360, 300, uh, so what was it, 48 bottles, and it took us eight hours. So that's really pressing right. your volunteerism. Of, of as far as somebody that has especially, a day. Especially when you're hand bottling. Well, and exactly. Like yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it's So, I mean, it, it really depends on how much you're making, if you're going to tie up their whole day and everything, and whether they're willing to volunteer that particular time. And if they are, I mean, I, I think they should be trained on what they're doing, especially around machinery that's automated, because ours isn't necessarily... It, it isn't necessarily um, Anywhere close to automated, we are very hands-on, very physical work. It's, that it's very uh, homebrew-ish. <laughs> well, it is. We have, to, yeah. I mean, we're hand bottling every all of this out out here. So, uh, but I mean, when you have bo- when you have canning lines or even bottling lines, you gotta you gotta make sure that these guys aren't gonna get, hurt themselves, get tied up in it. Right. And whether you're a volunteer or not, you don't want to go home hurt. And that's the main thing. So, uh, as long as they give them some particular type of training or I mean, not necessarily. Uh, I mean, ours is if you get your finger underneath a capper, you're, that's your own fault. But uh, you're not necessarily going to be hung up in machinery. What's this in my beer? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're not necessarily going to be hung, hung up in machinery that won't stop on its own. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and some of those canning lines, man, if you get your finger in the wrong place, 
it may even draw you into it. So right. you got to be careful with some of that. But uh, I would say, as far as breweries go, as long as you train them a little bit, use as much of the volunteer help as you can get. I mean, really, it's monotonous work. It, it's way you know one can after another after another after another and as long as you it is i i, I don't know if to, for me it's more of like i feel like there's a lot of um there's a lot of breweries and i'm not saying just necessarily here in town that almost take advantage of people's love for this industry and for well, what they're be. making and, and and what it is and i they're they're the pay is probably not what it should be in craft beer, right? So to me, right. Um, but the but the term volunteer doesn't mean you're going to. But try I'm, and I'm saying, but it, I'm saying, yeah. like a, in a bigger kind of picture thing, even right. people that are that are making the beer, whatever oh, yeah. it is, people that do get are on the payroll, right? Um, I just I feel like there's there's a lot of things in this industry that need to kind of shift and change a little bit, and and I know people don't want to pay more than five dollars for a pint of beer, so maybe right. that's the problem too. Is the well, I, we were just talking about that this morning. I, I think at a brewery, if you're at the actual place that makes it, they have zero, zero amount of of logistical work to try and get that to you. I mean, they're putting it in kegs anyway, and it's right, right. there. And it, it should be the cheapest, cheapest that you can get it at the brewery. And I don't know why that isn't. So I going back to but my, it should be going back to my well, recent trip to to Asheville. Um, I had that conversation with somebody, and right. they um, they were saying, you know, part of what we do is not necessarily just making this beer here. It's also making sure that these restaurants around us, these accounts around us that are putting our beer on tap, even though we're right here, right. are not feeling. Like we're undercutting their price and trying to take people away from their business, right? Well, I can the, understand that. I suppose you know, the, I, I never thought of it that way. That's the, you thought. know, it was like we're never going to have a restaurant in our tap room because we want people to go to restaurants. We want right. people to order food from here, right? Those people also sell our beer, you know, so right. we don't want to piss them off either. And, well, and kind I can of understand overstep yeah, that. So there's like a, a weird kind of symbiotic relationship there between the places that are. But you would think that. Being at the brewery, then right. it would be the, as cheap as it possibly can right. be. But, well, I can understand that if they don't, they don't want to uh, drive business away from them that are around them. So that's a, that's a that's a good point. Again, I it's, never it's, thought of it that it's way. probably very different for a brewery that does have so big of a chunk of what yeah, they sell in true. distribution versus somebody like you guys that, that that's not the case. You know, right. it's, yeah, we're only in what about four or five places, so right. we're not. Which I appreciate them very much, and we would never un- undercut them. As a matter of fact, I think they undercut us most of the time. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I it's something to look into. I don't, I don't want to ever make them to where it's they don't handle our beer because right. we're that much cheaper. But right. a- another thing to that, uh, because this weekend, besides being Bachfest, is also our five year anniversary. We opened up uh, in yeah. 2014, Thanks, we opened Mario. up our tap room for the first time, Mario, March the first. So, um, the one the uh, you you totally blew my line of thought. I was I was I was on I'm that. And Mario, you is ruined ruined it. It. <laughs> Mario is a distraction. Mario is a distraction. He he is banned from most tap rooms, from what I hear. <laughs> Unless he's well, doing business with them. In case he's in which well, yeah, case he's you got, yes. Well, that's right. We, well, we started not in the brewery part of it. Not we opened up down here. Part, but you were just 
upstairs. Correct. And, uh, I don't know if people can hear him or not. What's upstairs? See? What's upstairs? Well, when they had the... Uh, we had the home brewing supply um, part of it upstairs. I never... I, when was that? Was that... 2007 to March of 8. Wow. Because the first time I ever visited yeah, here was, was always in the front. In the front. But, no, so. and then they so I'm, I'm kind of dating myself in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a progression. I mean, I, I've uh, we've made you know quite the customer base, I think. And we, and like I said, we still get some people coming in that still have never heard of us. And I don't, I don't know how that is. We've been at many. Uh, beer festivals we've been at you know been all around as much as we can right but uh, we still get people in here almost weekly that say they haven't never heard of us where you been how long have you been here <laughs> five years oh man <coughs> all right i regained my chain of thought and i was uh we were doing something for our five-year anniversary and one of the things i told my wife about uh was maybe we could find some pictures and try and line up the the same pricing as we had five years ago. And we did find those pictures, and by golly, we are at the exact same <laughs> price of $2 for a 4-ounce for a pour and $5 for a 16-ounce pour. That's exactly what we started out with, with only three to four beers and and three hours a night on Friday and Saturday. So Those yeah. are fun days, though. I mean, They it were was, fun it, days. It they, were, they were a good time. Because it was a brand-new brewery in a, in a time where – yeah, there was a brewery opening every few months, but it was a new brewery, and yeah. you you guys, you know, you guys had had your little. It's literally a mom well, and pop something. operation. Yeah. I, I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Um. To, to you know, what what are they going to have on tap this Saturday? You know, well, we we beer. actually you you guys drank us down to only we one did. beer we at did. one time or <laughs> we another. Did. We did too. our damnedest. <laughs> it was a. Uh, I think it was the. Uh, uh, Imperial Stout that we were left with, and it would people left wouldn't drink with. a whole. That's what I'm with. saying. Oh, I I'm would drink saying, that uh, every chance but, I got. No, but I mean you can't have five Make or six again. of those things. So we, we were able. To, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, the love of God. Exactly. We did that many many oh, times. Yeah. Had a little keyser set up that we yeah. had maybe. Well, we had a we had a, actually a large keyser that would fit like sixteen kegs in it. So. But it's still, we only made 10 ga- gallons, not 10 barrels, not 10 anything else. 10 gallons at a time, that two five-gallon sixties. <laughs> we never had, well, no, you never had that. We had those old uh, red stools, the little bar stools that we had that was over there. But, I mean, it, it, we had nothing like what we have today. And that, and it's it's all been a progression to, I think, a better place. It was also a very different type of brewery, at, right. especially at the time when you guys opened. Correct. There weren't a lot of, there weren't a lot of places in town, period. No. But there weren't a lot of places doing things like that, starting with that, that really small kind of Correct. really neighborhood type of place that then no, kind of grew off of that. Even, you know, the, the idea... And correct me if I'm wrong here. When you guys opened up, was that you know the homebrew store was still very front and center of the business. Yeah, and very you could, much as a as a home brewer, you could come in and look at you know your kits, and if you picked out a kit, you could then walk back into the, well, the tap room. Yeah, the beer was on tap. You could try what it's supposed to taste. Like. Correct. Well, we, uh, that was the idea. We we were actually only making what formulations of the kits right. we had out front, so yeah. you could. 
you could actually go back, try one, and then come out and get the kits and then make it at home just right. the exact same way. But that morphed into what we're doing now, which is more of a just like everybody else. The one thing I like about being small, being five barrels, is uh, that we have the ability to make so many different varieties, and we don't have a whole lot on hand that we have to go through before we switch gears and go to something different. I like that. Well, you can you can play around a little bit, too, in ways that right. some of the bigger guys can't necessarily do. Correct. If yeah. something doesn't turn out, it's not the end of the world. No, you know, no, no. You're not wasting that much, even if you have... Which I have only dumped... Uh, it might be three three batches last year, so it's gotten much better. So, uh, But every once in a while, I mean, as you all know, I'm, I'm not much of a, a sour beer fan, and that's okay. I don't, I'm not holding that against anybody else that, that likes sour beers, and they're welcome to like what they want. But I don't serve them here, and I, I just don't, I don't enjoy them myself, and it, it, it's okay. I mean, there were a couple of them that because of our – learning to work with bigger equipment instead of 10 gallons we went to five barrels so uh some of that uh just terminology of clean in place doesn't necessarily mean you can leave it all hooked up together and not take it all apart and not clean everything because you have to you know to me when i started clean in place meant that that somebody else had already figured out that you didn't have to take it apart you just Ran cleaner and as hot as you can get through it and sanitizer and all that. And it was good. Not so. <laughs> Not so. But so that's part of the learning curve that we had at, at the time. And, I mean, I, I hope that we didn't uh, ever offend anybody with the beers we put out there. We're trying to put out the best we can. And I think we do a pretty good job of it. I can say from my perspective, the people that I've talked to that have been here, it's always a good experience. It's always a... I love that place. I yeah. need to get back there. Yeah. Versus cool. Cool. sometimes when you talk about other places, oh yeah, I, I went there and yeah. Yeah, it wasn't that great, you know. And I've never heard that from well, people that have been here. So you would tell here. me if you actually did. I right? would. Was, maybe, okay. maybe not on the air, but I would tell you. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> Man, everybody <laughs> I talk to just doesn't like this place. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, there's something wrong. There. The beer tastes like hose water or something. What's the matter with these guys? No. If somebody would make a hose water beer and oh, actually on purpose do and leave it. it on, I would drink it all the time. I love. What? I love that hose water flavor. Stop it. I'm, Stop it's that. the oh, one. It. It's the one off flavor that does not bother me one I, bit. I, I, I what a Final no, home brewers, uh, I can direct you towards yeah. that, that would don't, don't do that. You up. Don't do that. Hose water. Thank you, uh, yeah. yeah, I think somebody who had the hose water IPA. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I don't, it's that? a that shame. Well, I can it's a shame whoever had <laughs> I that. Could, I can name shame a few people, but I, I Though I have never had that, thank you very much, and he can name shame whoever he wants, but he's not name shaming me I because I've never had <laughs> no, it. No, no. And if it actually tasted like that, you never had it because I dumped it. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of that. No. No hose water. And, and I have heard and actually tasted some uh, that were around, at which I think have corrected their mistakes, but you got to watch even putting some of that stuff out. I mean, if you know it's not right, don't – I mean – the bad press that you get off there's of it. There's a fine was, line. Oh, there's a man. fine line, and I, doing that. I can understand the desperation, especially as a new brewery, um, to try to Sell keep, try to keep things make. moving yeah. and not yeah. not pour something down the drain. I can understand that, right? But 
But there has to be a tie point. <laughs> I got to respect a brewery that does post. Hey, we did the unthinkable today. Yeah, this this batch yeah. did not match our our, our standards, right. and we dumped it uh, to a point. You know, where if they're doing that like once every two or three months, then that, <laughs> then that's a red flag. Yeah, that's right. something. But if they're yeah. it, it, it's that's a that's a good thing. You know, they're they're showing that they're you know. That their quality control is is actually, you know, something meaningful. Right, and, that, and they can realize that they have a problem with it, yep. and they they, and another thing is they have to worry about how to fix it. It's one thing to know you have a problem with it; you got to figure out sure. why it did that. Right, and that's that's knowing your equipment, and and that only comes with time. I don't care who you have and what what system they're on there; you have to have some time that you. You warm up to it, and then you know all the ins and outs of what you're dealing with. So it, it, it would be the same now for anybody that you get from home brewing to even come up to a one- or two-barrel system. They have to know. They, their first probably five beers would be completely different if you try right. had them try to make the same one. Yep. So, I mean, that's part of it. It's learning how to deal with bigger volumes and all of that. So. That was a learning curve that we went through, and I'm I'm glad to say I hope we're past that. But uh, yeah, we're we're uh, we're having a lot of fun with it. I just hope that everybody understands it's not just the monetary. It's and you can everybody knows that when you become a brewer, you're you're making seven figures, and you're you know <laughs> it, it, just don't have to worry about bills right, anymore. Right. But uh, I, I just want everybody to know it's not just money that you do this for. You do it because you want to. It's the fun. I mean, how many other how many other jobs that you have? Could you go in anywhere? And as soon as you say you're a brewer, everybody's their their eyebrows go up. Hey, I, you know, hey, I, I did this. Hey, I did that. Well, and I can speak even from somebody that's in the periphery of this right. industry. That you can walk into any city, walk into any brewery, and everybody's friendly. Like it's there. Yeah. You you don't get those places yeah. where like oh yeah you know just you know leave me alone. I don't have time for this. You there's know everybody is like there's still a culture where it's like, hey what you know what do you like and 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 you you kind of start the conversation from there. Right. If, if it's a good brewery. And right. If you well, just yeah. have just you know you ha- also have to be open to somebody who doesn't like it. You got to figure out what they Absolutely. don't like and try yeah. and. Try and either get them a beer that they do like, or you try and steer them. Hey, this is really how this style is supposed to be. And if you didn't like that, we'll get you something different. You know, um, we probably shouldn't dive too deep into any more topics. But I'm curious to hear from you guys the the creativity side of brewing. Mm-hmm. You know, at one time it seemed like everything was new, everything was exciting. Are we kind of at a a peak of of creativity on the side of things or yeah is there still can you still keep pushing this thing harder i mean i i'm oh yeah i i think there's many more combinations to go well i mean i mean i I, cincinnati style chili beer last night at taft's was pretty uh (laughs) it's different i'm sure i don't know it depends on how How was it it was actually really good was it there you go yeah i i it depends on how you look at it i think there is i think with beer and and I used to think that um, I used to way back in my you know my uh, young days I, I I used to think that wine I used to put wine above beer in complexity and then I realized that with beer you can innovate 
in so much shorter cycles than you can with wine. And it's yeah. so much more approachable to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it doesn't yeah. matter There's how There's a beer for everybody. Well, and you yeah. can you can you can have something that's really innovative and really incredible and yeah. still sell it at $5 yeah. a pint. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and that right. lets everybody be able to experience right. that new cool exciting right. thing whereas yeah. with wine it doesn't really well i no, don't i don't think you're at a, a threshold of any any kind i think there's going to have now the one i i am really um wanting to try is the uh the beer with the cereal in it the uh lucky charms thing i just want to see i mean it's called what saturday morning or something like yes, that yes now it's, Listerman is also doing a Lucky Charm beer. Oh, are they? Okay, um, all right. I think I saw that. I could be wrong on that. I, but. I don't. I don't. But that's fine. I, I would like to try that. I mean, it, of all the things you wouldn't think that you could put into beer, they're putting into beer. I don't really give very many shits about a cereal beer. Well, <laughs> I, <laughs> maybe that's but, just me. But would you? I mean, if somebody puts one in front of me, I'm definitely it, trying it. Well, exactly. <laughs> isn't it cool that somebody came out with that to try it? Right. It is cool, and I think the not necessarily that everybody should go out and get a bunch of cocoa puffs and put them in their, you know, chocolate porter or whatever. I've done that, that. Now were. you're talking. I, I, I've, done, I've actually done that. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't mean that, but it, at least somebody tried it, and I think the variations on all of that is is almost endless. I mean, you can always come up with. Uh, and and the the way that the hops are coming out and different experimental stuff. And we were just talking about yeast variations, genetically to, modified yeast. Yeah, and, and all this stuff that are coming yeast. out. But yeah. <laughs> now, so I mean, how does that not improve what we're trying uh, to do? Last it, night, I um, I was at Rheingeist for their Brew Academy series. Yeah. They did a uh, beer and cheese pairing, okay. and I think that that world of not necessarily just cheese but um just the, the, the pairing, pairing the of, flavors of, all of that. Yeah. bringing food and beer together we're still so far off on that that mm-hmm. like as not just as you know a city well, but I, as as an industry see. there's a whole world there yes absolutely the, I, the 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 flavors that are and the complexities of all of that that's cool even 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 beers that you've had a million times Yes, can shift and change so yes. much with uh, with different foods and things. So sure they can. Um, I mean, your palate changes on acidic things and and especially like cheeses. Yeah, like you were talking about. That's yeah. crazy how that works. I I enjoy every minute of that. Um, I'm excited Pairing to see. Stuff. I'm excited yeah. to see what happens with that, especially here in Cincinnati. Yes, yeah. for sure. Um, the near future. And if somebody and and, and some of these other places in Cincinnati don't. Don't pick up on that. They should. Well, especially they you've got how many should. places around town that are brew pubs that have right. have food and have beer right there next to each other that still have not bridged that gap between right. the two and tied them together and yes. created some kind of an experience off of that. Which correct. Um, you have to start getting on people about that. Well, I mean, if they don't see that as an untapped market, they're crazy. I mean, that has to be that has to be some money being made and just sitting there. Well, and, and you know what I'm saying they should be able to do that and ha- and pack the place for at least one night well and just the way that um with beer or with with drinks in general it's it's so much about an experience is it's not just what's in the glass it's it's everything else that comes around it and correct like there are memories that i you know clearly associate with having a beer and it's you know if you can create some kind of an atmosphere and some kind of a a thing absolutely that That would be so cool 
catches that thing in your head and yeah. locks that memory in there. Like that's that's powerful. Yes, it is, and and that could even. I mean, it could have. You could actually go into trying things that you never thought you would even try, and that's the that's the beauty of most most all of that. But I, I won't I won't go into a whole lot of it. But it it's that's the exciting part is that it can be expanded. Don't don't ever think that we're done with brewing. Brewing is it will morph into whatever it has to be. But it it there are so many other things that we can do. So, Andy, are you sitting down? We're gonna get you on the show. He's in the process. Watch out! He, he don't poke Gary. the bear. Don't poke <laughs> the bear. <laughs> right. There he is. Now you. Now you're on. Gary, Talk into that microphone for me. See if it works. Sounds check, good. Check, so check, Still got me. There you go. There we go. I can hear you. Um, so you timed it perfectly right at the end of the show so that you don't have to get peppered with too many questions. <laughs> you can ask away. Um, I'm not shy. We've been, we've been talking a little bit about the industry as a whole, where it goes, where it doesn't go, innovation, that kind of thing. Um, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I'm just waiting. No, I didn't, I didn't have any, any question poised up. But, the, but yeah, it, it, I mean... Ask away. Where do you guys see this? Where do you where do you see it all going? Is it? it are we going to see more breweries? Is, are we going to see like I I know that in the last I guess couple of years everybody's oh we're gonna have more neighborhood breweries you're going to see more little places kind of serving their neighborhoods, but they're not. They're not though. They're like, coming I'm, out with big stuff, and I, mean, I can't. Are, I can't figure that out, and I, I can't figure out what's what's next for all of this. The pro- but are they really not though? I mean, because, like I said, the, sorry, the Wiedemann, to, I'm sorry, but Wiedemann oh. is is the local brewery for Saint Bernard. Um, you have maybe two is, or three. Is, is that what Wiedemann's goal is though? Is to just kind of be their neighborhood they, thing? Probably not. But that's what I mean. In my opinion, they should embrace that, right? Uh, because there's a, there's a market there. I think there are still some niches around the Cincinnati area for. You know, to be to basically replace the corner bar as the the local watering hole. I I agree, but I'm I just I, I don't think we're really seeing it. Yeah, yet. I, I mean, mean, but I guess the larger question is: Does everybody want to be the Rheingeist or or is it? Are we going to see more of the distillery brewery thing happen, like Carrickin and places in March first and places like that? That's a completely other dimension. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Carrickin's uh, interesting know, because maybe. they they build themselves as a distillery first and. Oh, by the way, we kind of yeah beer. yeah we'll put some beer yeah, on yeah. in case and, you. Uh, and from what I've heard from a few people, the beer is actually very good, and and I, I have not been out there yet, but I I need to. It's to just so much that. not the focus of what the place is, which is which is new, I guess, yeah. and even like you know. Um, March 1st is a good example of the place that's trying to kind of straddle all that thing and push yeah. hard on all of them. But right. um, it, even th- they're struggling with a, with a branding side of it, trying to figure out how, how you brand all that and how you build it into a bigger picture thing. And the only thing that I, I, I have reservations about is these guys, the, the new guys coming up like rebel metal and all those guys are coming in with such big systems that they're going to have to have a client base for that real quick, and if they don't, they're going to be sitting on a lot of beer. And if yeah. that it, if they start sitting on it too long, 
then they'll have quality control problems, and right. then it just it spirals from that point. I'm just hoping that their whatever business plan that they have includes a, a setup time, trying to get that client base, you know, so you're in there. Excuse me, that's what we did the first five years. We, we built people from our area. We're not a big place, and we, but we've been drawing, 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 trying to get people in here and see what we're about, and they like it, and then we, you know, that hopefully that's what these bigger guys are going to do. But, I mean, I, it would be a very big stretch if you're trying to start from nothing. Right. You know, it, it's, it's going to be a, t- a tough deal to try and do. So, I mean, that, that, that would be right. the only thing that I – hopefully they can withstand it. I mean, they're going to have some downtime. They're doing 40 barrels at a time, that's a lot of beer to move. Well, and it, it limits how many different beers you can be serving. Correct. Too, yeah. Which, well, that goes back to what I was saying. We can turn on a dime. We can we can come in here and only make 150 gallons at a time. We Tomorrow we can make a Hefeweizen. The next week after that we can make, you know, uh, a Russian Imperial Stout. I mean, it, you don't have to necessarily be pigeonholed into one particular thing because we don't have that much to get rid of right um do you see a lot of people kind of you know we've talked a little bit about kind of the promiscuous side of the you know craft beer drinker where not just from brewery to brewery hopping around and just the newest thing this constant needing something else like are you guys seeing that at all like where people don't care about the the flagship kind of thing they want the new thing they, they want, want to new, go to new, the new, next new. scene this is true this is yeah. why the local spot will be successful in some cases and in other cases you're going to need to get a wider base right yeah i mean i it's always good to try and bring out something special because they look for that they don't want to necessarily the same old flagship stuff every single time they go in but but i, I wouldn't go crazy with it i mean i wouldn't you know switch out everything you have. I mean, we have 13 beers on tap, which is fantastic for a little five-barrel system, I think. I I mean, I think we got a lot of beers coming out of this little place. So, But I, I don't necessarily think you should abandon your flagship stuff just to bring another, you know, uh, blue, uh, what is it, a tequila barrel-aged uh, Imperial Dunkel Kolsch. <laughs> Or something like that. On that you know, what I'm saying delicious. Well, exactly. See, I mean, that, uh, to be very. I don't. I don't think you should abandon everything. It, it's not necessarily that you should have so many flagship beers that you don't have something new coming on anyway. But it it is planning out, trying to plan out what you're going to do. Uh, we know that we're four weeks out with most of any brew that we come out with, so we're looking ahead all the time. How so, do you How do you keep like the 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 pulse of what it is that people do want or you don't just listen want. to them. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, that really, it's as simple as that. All you got to do is listen to them. They'll tell you what they want, but they want it today. Right. <laughs> but that doesn't mean you can't build on that and try and go out. You know. Is it different though because you guys are the size you are yeah. as far as the tap oh, room experience goes? You can because you somebody can be making behind forty the bar barrels and talking could, to people. Right. Absolutely. I think the smaller guys, and I may be wrong here, but I think the smaller guys are more geared to 
on the, on the pulse of what everybody wants. That's what I think. The democratization of beer. <laughs> how do how do the bigger guys do it though? Well, you just have to well, they look at they look at what season it's going look to be. Look at numbers. They look at numbers. They do. And they then really there, do. There's, there's something to that if you're a big guy. Yeah. But cuz you don't want to waste your money uh, of all that money for 40 barrels worth on on something like that where we can like I said we can come out with Something one week and have something the next week. Something completely different the next week. Right. So uh, how do they do it? They probably look at numbers. They look at what's trending, what's out there, what people, other people are selling. <laughs> they watch and, what you guys well, are doing. Well, well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, maybe they do. I would hope they do because I'm sure that's going to tell them somewhat right. what, they're, what they're looking at. I mean, we're doing on a small scale what they're trying to do on a large scale, so... And some of their numbers come from being a social scene more than a brewery. Right. That's true. When you track their best-selling beers, they're not very crafty. I, When you say come from being a social scene more than a brewery, like I don't know that that's necessarily fair, though, either. Because you look at a place like this, this is also... A social scene, just a very, it it's a different type of social scene, but it's, you know, isn't that what makes craft beer so fun is the, the, that social side of it? Well, my feeling is that half the people are in it for the true nature of craft beer, getting a small, locally made, right. very good beer. And half of them are just going to the big brewery to be seen and make the scene. Do you think it is it is that big of a percentage of the people that are in this for the the wrong reasons? Uh, I don't know. I would say it might be a third. You know, we don't necessarily see a whole lot of it around here, but no. I mean, we're not the place to be seen. Right. We're just a neighborhood place that uh, you know it's got thirteen beers on tap, but they these other guys. <laughs> uh oh, he's crunching on the microphone. <laughs> What's the matter? <laughs> I'm trying to stay away. Oh, okay. It's all right. I'm not going to edit it out. Dude, what are you? What are you doing? The root beer barrels. Yes, we have those. Us. Yes. You know there is a competition to not? get to be the place where everybody wants to go. That's what the new advantage to a new place is. Every time people go for a while, then they move on to the next new thing. Right. If they're not true craft beer people, they just kind of follow the herd. Yeah, and I. I just I'm I'm curious to how how much of that there is versus the people that are I see more now than I used to see. That's for sure. And you know, what do we got 62 either existing or in the works now in the area? Right. I mean, I I've been saying for a long time I think we're at nearly saturation for what this market can can sustain. And all the people that want to package there there's more competition for shelf space than ever. If you're a little guy, you stay 10, 15 barrels, you can still self-distribute as long as you've got enough cold storage and a couple guys that can deliver your beer. Well, I see it from the, even from the side of you know going to tap rooms. And granted, my perspective is probably very different than a lot of people because I try to go to all of the tap rooms. <laughs> but... Like it gets harder. Come all the way on the other side of 275. Harder and harder and harder to get to places on a regular basis and to to try what they're doing and to talk to people and to, to, you know, it. I could see that as a quote unquote normal craft beer drinker, it's easy just to to write a place off. You go there once and the beer's eh. Right. And why would I go there again if I've got 
not just 25 other places, uh, not just the 20 places that I know make good beer, but now there's another 20 that are new that I haven't been to that I do want to kind of check them right, out. Right. I might not go back to that place. It's not always I, easy to remember that the new places have a learning curve. You might stop one time, oh, that wasn't very good, but eventually they'll get it. Right. You would hope. So yep. that warrants a second or a third visit, but down the road. Right. That's that hose beer we were talking about. Ah. That, well, cut it out. <laughs> we're not making one it of those. It makes my mouth water when you say nah, it. It did <laughs> taste like a garden hose. It, just yeah. rem- it reminds some, me some of, of that did. It's like, it reminds me of summertime. I don't know. <laughs> right, when you were locked out and told to come back at dinner time. <laughs> you, as That's long it. as that sun's up, you better be outside. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. But you better be with it, it within an earshot of your mom calling you. <laughs> right. Because if you aren't, you're in big trouble. What do you guys want people to know about Paradise that you think they don't? We're here. <laughs> we, we are here we on the east side. We're, we're here. We're on Beachmont Avenue. Well, we're on Beachmont Avenue, <laughs> right on Beachmont. Come on over and see us. Now, uh, Anderson's I mean, first and original craft. Yeah, that's you right. Guys, you guys were making beer before you were allowed to make beer in Anderson. We were. We were, <laughs> we were rebels. We are rebels. No, um... The main thing I want them to at least come out and try us. Try us one time, maybe two, and uh, give the little guy a shot. And I think you'll, you'll be surprised at how how well we, we do. As a matter of fact, uh, not la- um, just last week we had a guy up from Union, Kentucky, came up here and was buying some homebrewing supplies for his, for his brother who he wasn't able to buy for before, but now he, he bought extra. So that's cool. But he came in and he got a flight and he goes, you know what? I'm I'm really a beer snob. He goes, and I can't believe it. And I'm going, oh my god, what was this guy? I mean, got glass in his, you know, actually chewed on the glass or something. He's got to cut his lip or something. <laughs> What's the matter with this guy? But actually, he said, I've had all. He said, I had all four that on the flight, and he said, I actually bought another one. He said, I haven't had a bad one in a bunch, and that's that's the best compliment I can tell you that I could ever get is you don't want to throw away any beer that we are putting out because we're it's not just me uh, we have andy we have my my wife tammy and my brother my brother john and my nephew justin and we're all busy trying to put out the best thing that we can for everybody do you think the city has gotten better or worse with what we're doing as far as beer goes as a, as a whole because with, you know, you talk about being 60 breweries. Right. That's a lot of opportunity for a lot of mediocre beer to exist, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think the more the merrier. I actually do. I, I mean, I like what Alexandria is doing. I like the what uh, Municipal is doing up there. They're doing some really good stuff. And even for us, there's room for improvement on all of that. But. I, I would hope that they try and put out the best quality product that they can, no matter what. So, but I mean, I think I, we are though. That's, that's, that's the question. I, I would think, yeah. I mean, for the, most of us are. Yeah. I would think so. Is, uh, that's what, what strikes me. I mean, whenever, isn't Ryan Geist uh, motto, the, they're a brewing company that has an advertising problem. I don't know. I don't know that everybody within the company would say that well, that's I, their I, motto. I mean, that's a, they're an advertising company that has a brewing problem, something <laughs> like that. But, I mean, uh, if you're trying to put your best foot forward, I think there uh, there's a lot of places out there doing that. 
what I what what has struck me when I go to other cities, even cities that that you know, like I said, I was in Asheville just right. this last weekend. You know, cities right. like that. Yeah, it's 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 a great beer town, and there's a lot of really good beer there, but. I don't think it's any better than what we're doing here, as no. far as no, I quality don't, I don't goes. Like so as far right. like it's it, it, it's Which, shocking to me that the that's a good thing though. That really is a good but, thing. So, but what are we doing wrong then that does not get that recognition to Cincinnati as this the, what we are? Well, I would probably that you can open openly smoke marijuana in, in north carolina and you really can't do that here i don't think you can do that in north carolina well, i think they do it all the time in north <laughs> carolina as a matter of fact <laughs> and well but anyway um uh no i i don't know if it's climate uh, i mean they have they have a a little bit better climate than what we're used to right i mean it, i mean cincinnati you just if you don't like the weather now just Wait ten, you know, thirty minutes, and it'll it'll change. So, wait for sure. So I, I mean, I I don't know if it's that or whether it's just uh, maybe just the mindset of the people that are here. But I do agree with you because I was in Nashville last summer and I went to several places. That's good. Only but... one of them really rolled my socks up and down. It was called Hillman Brewing, and it reminded me a lot of. I've the been there. Black I've been Slate. to that. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it, it just it's it's always shocking to me when I go to other cities. I'm like, really? Like this is it? Like this right. is this is what everybody's talking about? Like it's well, let's go back home. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, it's like no it's, different than what I get at home. <laughs> right. I just traveled three and a half hours. Well, guys, I think that's a show. We well, thank uh, you. definitely ran a little over schedule, but that's all right. <laughs> I appreciate you coming out. Thank you very much. No, for thank you guys. Um, if you have not been out to Paradise. For God's sake, get to Paradise. It's uh, on Beachmont Avenue. All the roads hook up, uh, and, and, and you're able to go from anywhere next to, to Arby's. That's the way I always tell people yeah, when you see go. the big Arby's sign. Arby's you, yeah, and uh, um, big things happening here. Cool. Big little things happening here. Big like little things. <laughs> yes. Remember, the cross the levee is not the dark side of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people think, yeah, that it is, but it isn't. It really isn't. It's Come not. Out and see it's us. not as far away as you think it is, and um, the beer is is definitely top notch. So, thank, thank you guys you. very much. Um, we'll be back next week with uh, we're at Kruger's Tavern. We're going to talk about what they're doing there, and we're going to drink some beer and um, talk about Cincinnati beer because that's what we do. Yay. And your uh, the other podcast, uh, drinking with the gnome. Drinking you can go to gnome? you can go to drinkingwiththegnome dot com. The website is still. Cl- Close to being done, but official launch of everything is uh, St. Patrick's Day. Okay, I can't wait to see gonna, how this is going to turn We're going to drink out. some booze. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. I, we've got shows with... Can uh, you live stream that somehow? Yes. Uh, the first show will be live stream for awesome. sure. Um, um, if I can't be there with you physically, I will be there. I will, yeah. I will be watching remotely. Fantastic. It's it's going to be a fun yes. show. Um, Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.